Oh, hey there, folks. This is Kate Gaffney jumping on to let you know that this is part two of two with the hilarious and very sweet actor and comic Chase O'Donnell. We had Chase on last week as well. We could have kept going. So many stories to share. And uh, if you DM me and ask me for the names she doesn't reveal, I can't give them to you, but they were not surprising is all I will say. And go find Chase's album, People Pleaser. It is available everywhere now and it's on all the platforms and the video version of it is on YouTube. So go find it, go support her. She was so overwhelmingly patient when I had to keep jumping away from the mic to handle the cats and clean up vomit and move brown bags that they were jumping into and out of. They are both currently asleep, of course, as I record this intro, because why not? Why, why make me look professional when I have a working comic on the show? Anyway, folks, go get her album. Uh, this is part two of two. Thank you folks so much for listening. Let's get on with the show. Do you think that the customer is always right? No, I I think I'm always right because I'm very compassionate and empathetic and I'm kind. And so like you should probably do what I need. But I don't think I don't I think there's some crazy people that are not always right. Okay, fair enough. But for the most part, nice people. They're right. Just do what they yeah, just do what the nice person's asking you. Do what the nice person if they're being nice, do what they say. Okay. Yeah. What What do you think? Am I wrong? No, I go back and forth on it. I don't think that the customer is always right, but I also don't think that the employee is always right. And I worked at a comedy club that was very much the employees subscribe to the idea that like fuck off customers were always right and tip us anyway. And I started to get sort of sucked up into that of like, yeah, yeah, fuck these people. And then it was like, yo, that's not how you get tipped though. That's not usually how it works. So I think it can go, I think the pendulum can go, to the wrong extreme in that way too. But I mean, customers are humans. So I don't think humans are, you know, somebody's wrong in situations. So I don't think it's a hundred percent customers, 0% staff, but I don't think it's a hundred percent staff, zero customers either. Like, I think I'm just thinking of this. I just had a dinner that the, the wait was so long and we ordered wine and it took like an hour for the wine to come. And he, the waiter just like obviously forgot about us and it was busy, but like that, I felt like we were in the right to be like, Hey, and, and like, instead of him just being like, Oh, sorry, we're busy. Like, don't make an excuse. Be like, you know what? That's on me. I forgot. And I'm going to compliment you if another round of drinks on me or like just something. Cause a lot of times I think employees don't want to be wrong. So they'll like, make an excuse and it's like just just own up to it and the customer will really be happy for that take it on the chin i have said this many many times yeah. that just you know and i've look i'll always blame the kitchen god bless like i shouldn't but i always do i'm like what where is your food this is this yeah, this is yeah, unacceptable yeah. Let me talk to the kitchen <laughs> i'll be right back <laughs> and i go back there and i'm like hey guys i'm so sorry i fucked up again oops now they're mad at you can i get that salad on the fly yeah. please <laughs> Like, so, I mean, I've definitely like, there are times when I've boldface lied to customers, but in a situation like that, if I hadn't brought a round of drinks and it had been an hour, yeah, there's a, there's a comp that needs to happen in that context. There's a comp and he ended up comp. He ended up cause like we ordered fries and I asked for a side of aioli and the aioli didn't even come till after the fries are finished. So he ended up giving us a free, an extra free fries, but like we weren't hungry at that point. Yeah. Like just take it off, take it off the, the bill. Just, 
Just take it off the bill. Yeah. Cause you lost we that. Don't need the, yeah. You're not charging for the second round anyway that we're not going to eat. So just take the yeah, first round. We're not going to eat it. Yeah. So there's certain things that I think the customers are right. And then there's always just the out of line people. And those, I just, I really can't. Yeah. Out of line people. Okay. Well that really transitions nicely into my next question. So for the out of line people or in general, have you ever told a customer in your very Chase O'Donnell way to like F off or like to get out of your face? Or have you ever been sort of, uh, very curt with a customer? Never in my life. I believe you. Um, <laughs> it's not no, your brand. <laughs> I will, I will internalize it and then I'll cry <laughs> when I get home. I'll just cry later. Okay. Um, no, I've been thinking though, I've been thinking I need to start standing up for myself more because I think it would be a very empowering situation for me if someone was doing something very rude and in the moment for me to go, you know what, that's not okay for you to talk to me like that. And I really, I've never done that ever in my life. If anything, like, I'll just like, no, I need to shut this, this, this person I'm just not going to deal with anymore. But I've never just like told them I'm not going to deal with them anymore. And I think that's, um, <sighs> That would be very empowering and something I am working on. Your shoulders went up when you said it of like, oh God, I even thinking about it is making me sick. Yeah, but I don't you're know doing- <laughs> if I'll actually ever do it, but it sounds like a good idea. It does. It's good on paper and you've, you've declared it. So good job you. Was there ever with any of these jobs, was there ever a last straw where you were like, cause it sounds like even the babysitting since you were let go from that job, was there ever a moment when you were like, that wasn't a show and wasn't abusive kids that was like, I am so out of this job. And obviously you didn't light everything on fire, but did you ever say like, no, that's it. No two weeks. I'm, I'm done today. I, what's so interesting we've talked about instead of me doing that, I got depressed mm. and I should have done that. I should have, because I, I knew my boundaries had been crossed many, many, many times. And instead of being like, oh, this isn't working for me, I just kept going back, knowing that I was miserable. Plus, and yeah. there were so many lines crossed, so many times, um, and I didn't say, here's my two weeks. I, if anything, I would use an excuse of like, I'm moving or I got a part or like, I wouldn't just be like your bit eat the way you're treating me isn't okay here. It, I would, if anything, I remember thinking maybe I should say I booked a cruise ship like a, Bless you. Know, <laughs> and I remember thinking, and then I was like, okay, but then I'm going to have to keep up this lie that I'm on a cruise ship. And I'm going to have to be posting about my cruise ship. And I really, I really thought about it. That was easier for me than quitting. (laughs) Fake cruises. (laughs) This is, this is the people pleaser that I, I really, now I'm so much better. I got to be honest, but I'm also not working in service industry anymore. So I don't have like the, the proof that I'm better, but I am better. Like now I don't, my boundaries don't get crossed um, as much. I'm still very polite about it, but I learned how much of a people pleaser I was working in the service industry because I got walked all over. And did you find that 
people would test and that they would know, oh, Chase will take it. Just give it to her. And so like if a waiter was going to be shitty to any a particular hostess, they would always pick you. Or if, you know, someone if was going to yell, you just tended to be the person they would go to because they knew they could. Or did you did you not have that much of an experience of like where you were aware? No, I did. Okay. I've been yelled at. It was more um, PAing actors would yell at me. Because in Hollywood, actors can get away with that and they don't get fired. And I won't name names because I feel uncomfortable. I but I got, I, I got very, like, inappropriately yelled at, like, for no reason. Like, was it you that knocked on my door? Never knock on my door. Or just like, I know what I'm doing. You don't have to tell me what I'm doing. And there, it was actors that were very out of line. And I think because I was a young girl and they wouldn't do it to like the guys, they would do it to the like young girls. This makes me violently angry. Did, did you, did someone witness that and how you were being spoken to by those pieces of shit and then say to you like, Hey, that's not appropriate or say to them. Yeah. Nobody said, everyone witnessed it. It would happen in front of everyone and nobody said anything um, for a while and I was talking to my parents about it and they were like you know geez I'm shocked that nobody has said anything because you could like sue or you could do something about this and I told one of the ADs and all of a sudden the producers were coming up to me like just being like hey if this happens again you have to talk to us and they started having my back more and they started taking care of me but it took a while it took a while. They all were witnessing it, but no one was like stepping in, doing anything. But one of the actors would like, who's so sweet, would take me into her trailer, rub my back, be like, "It's okay." She'd give me a banana, just be like, "You're okay. It's just, it's, it's, don't worry about it." And they, so some people were very, very kind about it. I want everyone who doesn't live in LA and who has not done PA work to understand that. This is how the Weinsteins of the world get the power that they get because people silently witness all this shit all the time. But the thing that is making me homicidally angry is that clearly it was happening enough and in front of enough people that there was a standard operating procedure of how to comfort you after you were shit on. Like that is so problem problematic. I want to light studios on fire. Like I cannot believe it was that bad. It was, and you never knew, like some days it was fine. And then some days, so it was, yeah, I would say that's the only time I've been like extremely yelled at, like just awful. And I would, I would hold it together. These are like 16 hour days. So I would like keep it together. And then as soon as I got in my car, I would just ball. And it was, so it wasn't so healthy. PAing, I love, but there's some downsides. Oh, just, just a couple, just a couple downsides. Yeah. I can't imagine. I, I, because the other thing that you're not saying because you're very polite, but I'll say it is there's that fear too, that if you do open your mouth, if you do stand up for yourself, you'll not only be out of a job on this particular show, but you might be out of a job in perpetuity because that you'll be labeled difficult. Yeah. And also I think it has something to do with like, like you're the PA and they're, you know, high up and it's like, oh, like 
and not knowing being too young at that point because I've obviously learned my lessons in my 20s is when I was learning all my people pleasing lessons so <laughs> yeah. I I didn't have the courage or I didn't know that that wasn't even okay like I just yeah. took it and yeah. so I do think now I'm 31 and I'm I think even just in the past couple of years of being in my 30s I've realized oh wow it's such a different I have a different uh, mindset mm-hmm. I just I'm I'm more aware of how taken advantage I was and how people were treating me poorly and and I was so nice and it doesn't matter whatever they would do I'd still be like oh good thank you and with the yelling on set I'd be like thank you note taken like I never would ever stand up for myself but it, but uh, you're yeah, you're making. I think that's why I get picked on too, though, because I think um, people can sense that they can that smell I'm it. Not going, they can smell that I'm not going to do anything about it, and so then I attract these really crazy situations. But I will also say you're you're doing a really excellent job of making yourself wrong, which is so common in you comics. It's insane. You also like these people have culpability as well. Yes, they could smell it on you. Yes, you didn't have a lot of experience with affirming a boundary. Yes, you were younger. And also these people are piles of shit for thinking that it's appropriate to talk to any human in any context ever like that like I'm sorry you're playing dress up for a living and you're screaming at someone for knocking like I can't that makes me so mad on your behalf I can't because I've been shit on like that from various departments on set and I just am like what are we doing like we're playing pretend in exchange for money this the stakes simply aren't that high and and every other department on set is making so, so much, much money. money and PAs so get money. minimum wage. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I would show up at five. I was the first to show up. I was the last first in last out. I was the one that if anything went wrong, it would go down to the PAs and it would be like, well, nobody wants to take responsibility for things going wrong. So just like, like you'd be like, it's the kitchen. It would always be like, it's, it was the PA. So it just like is so easy to put the blame on the PAs when and I I felt like at sometimes the weight of the production was on my shoulders. And then I'd have to be like, wait, why is it on my shoulders? I should be getting paid so much more for this. You guys are driving Teslas. Come on, <laughs> you assholes. <laughs> See, so then I would get real arrogant as soon as they put me in front of the camera. Eventually, I would finally be like, yeah, and fuck you. <laughs> like, it would be really hard to be in gratitude because I'd be like, oh, I remember I have all the receipts. I know what all of you motherfuckers <laughs> said to me. Like, somebody yeah, come knock, yeah. knock on my trailer. Somebody. <laughs> like, I know. But that's the thing. I also, because I got thrown into the fire, it was just like, okay, you're a PA for like A-list actors and you better do good. I had to learn so quickly and I learned on my feet. And I really think, I I think I'm one of the best PAs in the business. Like I am really good PA. And so now that I've been on the other side of it and I've been acting on sets and there's PAs, I'm kind of like, could have done that better. Why hasn't, why hasn't <laughs> anyone offered me water? <laughs> There would have been water in my hand hours ago if it was me. And I'm not like rude about it. So honest. I know what the job is so well that I am like, wow, 
I, I they're shit in the bed right now. They're yeah, not. They're I'm not a much better. PA. <laughs> yeah. That's so Very honest. Judgmental of the PAs that I've worked with. Oh, bless you. Yeah, I would. Uh, oh. And and my sister and I just filmed a pilot and for Amazon. It was like a reality show about her street art. Hell yeah. And they didn't know that I had been a PA. And it just like comes so naturally and that like someone be, would be walking by and be like points, points, pulled <laughs> um, for sound. And I think they were all just like, who is, is this, this person? <laughs> How does she know all this? Like, I 86. like I just I had all the lingo. I just have so much fun knowing everything on sets now. Cause I, I'm so experienced. I mean, it is helpful. And I do think that it gives you a certain level of gratitude, but you seem like someone that would have had that anyway, but God bless. I mean, it informs, I would <laughs> like, I would be so tempted to say names from stage. If I were in your position, I would fucking, whoo, I would, I would hurt some feelings, but uh, oh, good. I, I, maybe one day I'll be, I'll share it. Okay. Uh, but I'm on this next season of Curb Your Enthusiasm. I feel like I shouldn't say anything right now. I'd hold off to, you're making the, I'm you're making a prudent choice. I I think that that's smart, (laughs) maybe in the future. And how many bodily fluids have been on your person whilst you were on the clock? You've not bartended. So I would imagine probably not many, but as a hostess. Oh, babysitting. Oh, I've had, I've had, um, kids throw up on me and babies throw up on me. Okay. Less disgusting, Mm -hmm. but still gross. Um, yeah, I was about one, one time I was like about to go to this like premiere of a short film I was in but but it was still like I was dressed really nice and the baby threw up on me and the mom felt so bad and she let me go in her closet and pick out an outfit that's lovely (laughs) so that was very nice but I remember that because I was like I'm going to a premiere and I throw up all over me were you uh I know like were you a live-in nanny at that stage and that's why you couldn't go like why you were dressed at their house no, I, I've never been a live-in nanny, but I, I think I was going straight from there. I think I was babysitting until the mom got home and then I had to run to the thing. So I was just like dressed already. Isn't it wild? You know, when we see people on the red carpet, we just assume like, oh, well, they're crushing it. They've done it. They probably came in a Benz and from their million dollar home. And not yeah. if you're not a regularly working actor, sometimes you're coming from the shit job you have to yeah. float your life to, on the red carpet. Like, yes, I will absolutely do the step and repeat. I look amazing. And you're like, yeah, I can't just barf on me. Not but five minutes ago. But ugh, it's so yeah. what we tell ourselves. Um, <sighs> do you, you are you a tipper? Do you tip? Oh, yes, I'm a tipper. I have a tip calculator because I'm very bad at doing the math. Aww. So I just use the tip calculator. What's your average percentage? 20%. That's what most of us who've worked in the industry unless, say. Unless it's not good service. I'll, okay. I'll do 15. Oh, I love how all of us universally think that 15% is stiffing someone. We are all like, yeah, but if I give you 15%, you shat the bed. And it's like, that doesn't teach them a lesson. They're still getting a tip. <laughs> We're like, I, I just, I, but I get so... I do get annoyed as the customer sometimes having worked industry or like having knowing the jobs because my friend and I went to lunch yesterday and no one was there. We were the only ones there. And the host goes, just so you know, it's 90 minutes limit. Like you can only be here for 90 minutes. And we walked in and it's not like there was a wait that people were waiting for the table. It was such a joke to even say that. So sometimes I'm just like, 
I'm still nice. I'm clearly a nice person, but I think things sometimes. I'm just like, man, that was that's so dumb. That you, was so dumb. You and Larry Don't David have that. something in common. Yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> but, okay, so what I, so in that case, is there a moment when if you were at a restaurant or a bar and you were just fully, like the guy who fully ignored your table because he was busy or whatever, would you ever stiff someone in that situation or are you always leaving something? I was with my parents, so they, I think they did something. I, I don't know how little they tipped him, but they tipped him, but I've never stiffed someone. You never have? No. Uber drivers, Lyft drivers, Starbucks employee, well, Starbucks for a while didn't have a tip option, but like you're tipping, you're, no. you're giving everybody cash. Uh, yeah. Okay. That's nice. I am. Good for you. I, I've never not left a tip. Is that, should I start doing that? Should well, if someone... I mean, I mean, I'm coming from a tipped position. I would say no, but I mean, there used to be girls at the comedy club where I worked that would chase people out to the street and be like, you didn't tip me and like get people to pony up money. I think that's insane. But I'm also like, yeah, I have, I mean, I, I've stiffed, I think, I feel like in my life it would be disingenuous to say I've never stiffed someone, but I have a really hard time not tipping as well. If someone called me outside of my name or was like openly disrespectful, I don't think I would tip, but then I'm also asking to talk to your boss. Like I will care in my way out of that experience. If you are being horrific. Yeah. Well, you, you're right. Okay. And I have to get better at this. Cause like, even when they switched my rooms after the bug situation happened twice, the guy, the bell guy took me to my, new room and I was like am I supposed to tip him and then I was like Chase no you got moved because there were bugs in the room you don't need to tip him but I literally was like how much do I tip it for moving my room so I I think yeah I didn't tip that guy but um, that's a tricky thing because do you ever get scared as a woman on tour by yourself that like now they know what room you're in because that's where my brain goes I listen to too much murder shit but then I think no okay. I don't think that okay Uh-oh. good don't sorry okay. <laughs> <laughs> but I I do whenever they're like oh we're gonna have a bellman take your bags up I'm always like no I'm good because I don't want to tip them that's I how I am cash and I don't want to do it that's how and I, am. I know they just want to tip yep and I, so I tip out of like, oh God, I have to tip. Me too. I don't want to. Yeah. <laughs> I never have bell people. I never go to valet. I never, I'm like, nah, no, I got I don't it. want to tip. I can't yeah. deal with it because I can't figure out how much. Okay. Yeah. And so you have been fired from how many jobs total? We know you were quiet fired from the sorry place. You were overtly fired from the babysitting. Um, you were, were you fired from Ariel? No, that was for the show. I left. You I left. moved. Yeah. Um, I bet they would have eventually fired me. Yeah. Um, but, uh, and then if we count, my sister fired me three oh, times, yeah. but so that's sister. my sister. Okay. Um, <laughs> so that's it. Okay. Jobs. And then, um, before we ask the question that everyone's waiting for, uh, I need to understand. So when you were doing the dance teaching that we haven't really touched on, were there ever oh, yeah. dance moms that you had to deal with where you were like, this person keeps getting in my face about their child who can't dance? Or was it a mostly pleasant experience? Um, that one, this, it, no, no parents. Okay. I'm a, I, I loved teaching dance. Um, and that one was a, a good experience. The stories from that were like the kids were three. Oh, and they thought come I was, on. 
one boy asked me like you're three but why are you so tall like they thought I was three also they thought I was also three (laughs) and just really tall that's so sweet they're little brains Um, yeah they're little brains um but I grew up dancing. My mom was a dance teacher. I be, I was I would teach dance all the time in high school. Like da- da- teaching dance was so fun for me. I should get back into teaching dance. Yeah, you that should. Yeah, and especially because <laughs> yeah. you were volunteering for part of that. Yeah, well, I was teaching dance and then also volunteering at Boys and Girls Club teaching dance. So, yeah. But again, I was doing all that. I mean, there was just way too much going on. What I've been working on is taking things out of my life yeah. because I just, I need less going on. Yeah. I need to calm down. See, if I were in your position, I would actively seek out acting roles that let me wild out and scream and be crazy or were like a serial killer so that I had somewhere to channel all of this. Cause you are just a very nice human, which is a good well, thing. I channel it. I channel it into my comedy. You do. I, I, I write about it and I, I'm able to see the humor in it. I, I definitely use humor as a defense mechanism. Same. So I feel like, if I didn't have that outlet, yeah, maybe I'd be angry. Sure. I mean, that's honest. I, I turn I turn it into comedy. But that's I mean, and then in that way, it benefits you to internalize some of this so that you can. Yeah, sometimes I'm like, is God putting me on this path just so I have crazy stories so I can write about them and make them funny? Because, I, I mean, why do I have all these stories? <laughs> I mean, girl, I've, I've. So many. I, I, it's a great question. Okay. <laughs> and final question in this section that's everybody's favorite. Who is the worst customer you've had to interact with or an archetype of who would be the worst if you could squish them all into one person top to bottom? You'd be like, this person and or tell us an experience of the worst customer you interacted with. It's the type of woman. I mean, I'm going to say Karen, but I have a specific memory, like a woman. I was selling T-shirts after a show and she was there was only a small T-shirt and she like went to try it on and it didn't fit. Wait, real quick. This was your merch or this was someone else's merch? This was when I was an usher. Oh, okay, okay. So this was for a show. For a show. Got it. Okay. So it doesn't fit. to try it on and she came back and she she was like, it doesn't fit. I'm going to need a medium. And I was like, oh, we actually only have that size. And she, she, I mean, wow, taught me a lesson. She needed to teach me a lesson <laughs> about if you only have one size, why would you dare tell me to go try it on? It's one size. Why would I try it on? Wow. Like she just really needed to teach me a lesson. Oh, I hate those and people so much. And I don't like the people that think they're teaching you a lesson. That's such a great, no one she has ever thought, said it. Yes. She thought she was teaching me a lesson. Like she felt like in her head, man, I really taught that girl something. And it's like they're, they feel this sense of like, I'm doing good. I'm telling her so she doesn't do that again. But it comes from such a mean place. Ugh. And like, hey, yeah, so the the lesson teachers, I'm going to say, are my least favorite. No one has ever said it like that. You're saying so many things I've never heard before. And I'm so grateful. Yes, oh, okay. the lesson <laughs> teachers. Like, please keep your school experience at school. I don't need it. Yeah. Oh, it's so real. I don't real. need the lesson. I don't need the lesson. So Thank you. when she was all, why did you, you know, why'd you only give me one side or blah, blah, blah. Did you just say note taken? Thanks, whatever. Or like, how did you respond? Yeah. I was like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. I won't Bless do that you. again. Thank you. <laughs> I won't do that. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> You're 
you're like, I'll give you what you want. I'll never. Thank you for teaching me. Like this was such a teachable Thank moment. Thank you so much. Thank you. Wow. Yeah. Oh, wow. I, I feel, I'm so sorry that that was, wasn't a lesson I had learned yet. <laughs> what a fucking way to say it. If that ever happens to you again, which I hope it doesn't. Okay. okay. Uh, thank you for teaching me this lesson I hadn't learned yet. Fuck. It's such a good neg. All right. Well, that was anything else you wish people knew because we're going to get onto the good stuff here in the dessert section. Ooh. So are you, are you have anything else you need to you need to say about some humans? No, I think I, as far as like being a stand up and dealing with people, I I've learned like how to relate to different crowds, but that's a totally different thing. It's not necessarily them being mean. I mean, it's a similar thing. I mean, for if you're getting harassed on stage or if people think they're part of the show because you are a people pleaser, how do you navigate those waters? Do you acknowledge it? I do. I do. Because a lot of times as the host and opener, I'm the one in charge of making sure like by time the headliner comes on that they've learned that they can't just be talking. So I do call it out. But I feel so I'm always like, I'm always like, hey, like, you you guys can talk right now. um, But you can't talk throughout the rest when I leave the stage no more talking and then and then sometimes like they they're getting reprimanded by me and I feel so bad about it and then I feel the vibe of the room change because it's kind of passive aggressive how I handle it I'm not I'm not aggressive I'm passive aggressive about it and then the audience can tell like oh wow that's not who we thought she was and and the room I've noticed when I do that the room changes and they stop laughing as much and so I'm still figuring out how to handle it the best way. Cause, cause Christina, she'll just kick people out. Good for her. She so, should. And yeah. And she, and the, and the, they get really mad. The ones that get kicked out when people try to throw things like they get mad. And so I don't know yet the best way to handle it, Yeah. but there's just some rude people. And another time, like someone answered a FaceTime call. Come on. Like, Christina was on stage and she said, give me the phone. And she got really mad at them. And I was like, this is the rudest thing you could ever do. And she took the phone and like left it on stage. So that that's a, a great way to do it. I think that's just not in my personality at this point. I'm just like, okay, like, let's try to be quiet. Like I, I, I have a tough time. Does Christina ever say to you like, Hey, you're empowered to tell people to get out or do do you, you couldn't really kick someone out. Um, I, Christina would not be upset if I kicked someone out. She'd probably be so proud of me, but, um, she, the, usually like before the show on Sunday, the, um, the manager came in and he was like, how do you want to deal with hecklers? And so they usually come in and we have a plan about how to deal with it. And, and it's usually like, okay, if I call someone out once, no problem. If I have to call someone out three times, I'd like you to remove them. So they have like a plan in place that like at that point, the comedy club takes care of it. It doesn't have to be on us. That's lovely. That's the way it should be. So they have some, usually there's a plan in place because when people are drinking and there's comedy heckling happens. Oh, bless. All right. Well, on that note, folks, we're going to go on to the good stuff. We hope you saved room for dessert. What is the nicest thing a customer has done for you whilst you were working? 
customer or client, if you can think of any example. Okay, well, I didn't talk about this job. I was coat check um, one time for a season in New York. And the nicest thing someone's done for me that I've always remembered is I was like, I don't know, I, I... I make, you make so little money as a coat check. And I was like down in the basement and doing it. And a guy tipped me a hundred dollars. And that was the nicest thing ever. That is really and it sweet. was like, it was like, wow, thank you. <laughs> I really actually need that. Thank you so much. So that was the nicest thing. Did he, did he, could you tell he felt good because you reacted so big? I don't know. I, yeah, I think he probably did. He seemed like the type that a hundred dollars is no big deal. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I think anytime you do an act of service, it always makes that person feel just as good. That's right. Okay. So yeah, that that's something that I've always remembered because I, 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 you know, a lot of times homeless people on the street, I feel like, oh my god, I need to give them money, mm. but a lot of times it's the people that are actually working and in these like very low paying jobs that appreciate that money. Like I'd rather save the money and tip it to someone actually working and trying Mm -hmm. than the beggars. That's hard. Yeah. It's a hard, that's a, it's a really good point. It's mostly the people with the low paying job that might, uh, yeah. I mean, Okay. It could really make a difference, yeah. I mean, it really could. It could be the difference between you paying rent or not, which I have said many, 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 many times, which is why the it's I'm more than happy to name the extremely generous comics who will tip every time they came to the club where yeah. I used to work and like were just handing yeah. out cash. I think it's important to name them. One time on Curb Your Enthusiasm, we had a security guard that was going through a really tough time and... I raised $5,000 for him. Come on, Chase. How did you do that? Because him and I were buds. I talked to him a lot. And he was he, he was tearing up that, you know, his brother was really sick and he couldn't really afford rent. And he was going through this really tough time. And I think security has it way harder than PAs. That's right. Who I think have it the hardest. That's right. And um so I just sent out an email to like the cast and crew and I told him his story and I made a GoFundMe page. And because a lot of people working on Curb Your Enthusiasm have the money, people really donated and like took care of him. So I got to present him with $5,000. How good did that? Did you and start crying? I would have cried. Yeah, I filmed it when we oh. gave it to him and he was so happy. And to this day, he's like that changed my life because I was able to like finally get even and ahead and be able to move on. So that even I think giving is even more special than receiving without question, without question, Mm -hmm. a thousand percent. Um, that's lovely. Okay. And can you think of your favorite customer interaction? So not the dude that tipped you a hundred when you were coat check, but a customer that stands out where you were like, this was a really special, lovely experience or a client or you know, maybe an actor or whomever, just a special experience you got to have. Yeah. I'm going through all the jobs. This is the hardest question for most people, if I'm honest. So go ahead and take your time, which makes me sad, but I'm going to, can I do it from when I was PA? Of course. Yeah. Susie Esman, who plays Susie on Curb Your Enthusiasm. She plays this like, 
fuck you, Larry, F you. Like, just a really, like, um, she's not like that in real life at all. She's the nicest, nicest human I think I've ever worked with. And she, she's the one that would, like, take me into her trailer and talk to me. And, and she, even, like, when we're not filming, will text me and get me Christmas gifts. Come on. I think her just making me feel, treating me not like a PA, but a human, and, like, that we were equals, gave me this, like, sense of, oh, like, I'm not less than, because I put everyone on pedestals. And she made me feel like I was equal. And I just love her with all my heart. She... just by being kind made such a huge difference and being kind and her being this like amazing talented actress that I look up to and her treating me like that we were the same not that I was like taking care of her like I was the help she treated me like we were friends that's such a beautiful way of saying it that you you were peers so sweet yeah yeah we were peers, yeah, yeah and that I was, like, deserving to, like, hang out with her. Not that, like, I, I would never take advantage of that. Of course not. But, but like, I'll still te- check in with her or say hi to her. Like, she just made me feel like I can do that, whereas, like, my whole life I really do put people on pedestals and I'm scared. I feel unworthy, and I think that helped me feel a little more worthy. That's such an honest statement, Chase. I really appreciate that. That's so true. I do the same thing. And it's hard when I'm around like really rich people and I'm like, ooh, don't even breathe. You're going to break something. Everything, don't be yourself. Tamp down your personality. Just uh, clutch your your neck and just stay in the corner. It's like someone giving you permission to take up space is such a gift. Like that's, that's lovely. She, she is a game changer. That's lovely. That was like out of her way to be kind. So it sounds like you're doing a ton. I mean, not that you have to share this right now, but it sounds like you're doing a ton of work on yourself in, you know, where you're having these realizations and you're addressing it, which I don't think is always true, especially in comedy. It's very easy to be like, well, my issues are what make me funny. You know, the things that I don't deal with, I can deal with on stage. It's like, I think it informs your comedy to actually address those things because you can't do comedy from a wounded place. It has to be healed or it's not going to be funny. People are going to be like, Ooh, Ooh, they're still hurting though. Ooh, I don't want to hear that. Like, Ooh. Or like, or like there's some people you do a show and someone's talking bad about themselves and they think it's funny and the audience goes, Aw. Yup. And it's like, oh, we don't want an awe. We want a ha ha ha. <laughs> and that's the worst, the worst when people go, aw. Yeah. Um, yep. <laughs> but yeah, I grew up when I was growing up in my family, therapy was like for crazy people. Um, it was not taboo. Like it was just like, no, you do not go to therapy. Mm-hmm. You don't need therapy. You're not crazy. And it was really um when I moved back from New York and I was really, really depressed, I started getting help. Fuck yeah, and girl. And once I, 2020, I, because I went to a few different therapists that like weren't right. Mm-hmm. And I found the right therapist. And that has been the game changer. Let me tell you, <laughs> I, I speak so highly of therapy. It's changed my life. I'm so much more like, now I understand my patterns. I understand like, 
oh, this is why I do this. It's not just, I can change that. That's not just who I am. And oh yeah, I've definitely been, I, I work on myself every day. That's huge. That's huge. And I think it's, it's no accident that your career has started to go in a place that you can be really excited. Not that you couldn't be excited before, but that you're getting these opportunities. Right. It's like, yeah, cause you are doing the work and you are grounding yeah. in yourself. Once you're in a, like when you feel good, you mm-hmm. attract more good. That's right. And it, um, I don't think it's a coincidence either. Yeah. I think it's like, there's been a lot of work on myself mm-hmm. and that helps. It sure does. Um, okay. So just a few more questions because you've given me so much of your time. I'm so grateful. What is the, is the, is the best tip you've ever gotten the hundred dollars at the co-check people just, I have to ask this question because it's a standard question. Is that the, the tip you remember the most? Yes. Okay. And comedy as a comedian, I've been tipped more. I was going to ask. So, so how do they do, do people like, I mean, they're obviously, it's not, they're not throwing money on stage, but like, are you getting, oh, not by the people, but like by the Christine. venue. Oh, Christine, bless her. She's so sweet. That's um, awesome. But uh, that's not necessarily the same thing. Sure. But yeah, as um, in the service industry, $100. Okay. All right. <laughs> and I'm sure people have been tipped way more. <laughs> but but some people have never even gotten the 100 So it's it depends. What's the best time you've ever had at work? And you can't count comedy because obviously being on stage is like the greatest yeah, thing yeah. ever. Um, the best time was my first job as the usher and it was the best time because it wasn't really work and I got to see plays for free, but, um, hanging out in the founder's room, drinking those wines and the, the founder's room is where all the people that donate to the theater get to go and have free drinks after, but they, they're all watching the show. So the ushers get to hang out in the founder's room so when good. they're watching the show. Which, by the way, that's not allowed anymore. I was oh. there at a time when, like, they they realized, like, oh, we probably shouldn't be having our ushers get drunk out and drinking. <laughs> so I, that changed. That's no longer a thing. But oh, I just had so much fun drinking wine with my friends at work. Yeah. It was so fun. It is the most fun. Yeah. Do you Best, ever best time. Do you ever think of like going back to that theater and just like, you know, doing a shift here or there just to get your your feet back in it? Or do you think it was a time of your life experience? It was a time in my life because I don't know anyone there anymore. Um, it was, it was the group of people that was so great. That's what it is. I realized it's, it matters who you're working with. hundred percent. And that group was so special. We all became so close, but everyone's doing their own thing now. And yeah, it's more of a job for like, honestly like college kids are living at home because you're not they, making money there's one there's one show a night like yeah. your shift is four hours it's yeah. it's you can't really make a living there yeah it's it's just fun yeah it's just fun what is you the see free shows that would be pretty great that was what i loved about working at a comedy club yeah um, it's so fun to yeah. just get to watch the shows what is the best lesson that you have personally learned from working in customer service Mm, these are good questions. <laughs> Thank you. The best lesson. Can you tell me what your best lesson is? Sure. To get my mind rolling. Um, yeah. So things that I have heard uh, are uh, that people are human and they come to work as a human with the whole fully lived experience and their day may not be the best day. They may have just gotten bad news and they may still have to come to work. So hold space for people to be human 
Um, I've heard if they're making a mistake, it's not a mistake at you. It's just a mistake. I have heard that uh, this one I like. It's it's not brain surgery. It's just beer and burgers. So, you know, act accordingly. <laughs> I've heard that uh, the hardest jobs are the invisible ones. So the ones where you wouldn't necessarily know that it's like, you know, in front of, for example, with acting, like, well, the, in front of the camera, we're like, wow, that's so hard. And it's like, the grip may, who's sweating, may have a harder time. The PA who's hiding in bushes, you know, that, that may be the harder thing and you don't see it. And so when you walk into these situations, understand that the invisible jobs are also equally important. Okay. Those are, those are, I feel like I've learned all that too. Mm -hmm. And then what, what I think came to my mind is more like for me, what I learned in my life was, There was a point over the pandemic where I went through every single job I ever had and I gave it a rating of an A through F. And pretty much every job I rated was at a D or F. Like I, and I realized that I think it goes back to that lesson of like, even if it's a service job and, and what you have to do, while you're pursuing something else or if that's what you're doing, you still have to be happy. And I think that's what I learned is like happiness is the most important. And if you're super miserable, you don't have to do that. You don't have to do it. You can, there's always going to be another situation you can find. Um, At least I've been lucky enough that I've been able to find jobs. So I've, I've learned to be happy. I love that. Because I think I was pretty miserable. Live your life doing things that make you happy. Mm. Find the right job. Find the job that's going to make you happy. You don't have to be miserable. Oh, it's such a good, I really, no one has ever said it like that. And I just, that's a really fantastic perspective. I agree with that. And then. Oh, good. Yeah. It took me, it took me my twenties to learn that. I mean, but you learned it. I've, I've learned it. Yeah. yeah I, I, I won't tolerate now a job that's going to make me go home and cry. Good. I won't do that. Good. Yeah. Okay. And this is the last question in this section. What is one piece of advice you would give to customers who interact with customer service workers? Oh my God. I said, calm down. <laughs> I'd say, just calm down. Got it. Just enjoy your night out. My God. It simply isn't that serious. Just have a good time. It simply isn't yeah. that serious. Yeah, it just isn't. Calm down. <laughs> Calm down. And be and be empathetic. Mm. Like they're you're going out to a restaurant. The workers there want to be eating there too. Facts. Like they they'd love to be in your position. Like they they have it hard too. Yes. So yes. Be empathetic and calm down. Yeah. Everyone's just doing their best. Everyone is just doing their best. It's so true. Yeah. And if you're not, if you're purposely not doing your best, then you can leave a bad yelp. But everyone Fine. should be just trying to do their best. That's right. Purposely trying to make your life miserable. That's right. Well, Chase, this was so lovely. Thank you so much for all of your time. How can people, I know you said it at the top, I want you to say it again. How can people get in touch with you? And by the time this airs, your album, People Pleaser, will already be out. So I know, again, I know you said it, but I want you to say it again, like how people can support you, find you on the socials, tell us all the things. I'm a true millennial where, you know, I really post everything on Instagram. So 
Chase underscore O'Donnell is my Instagram. I have a website, chaseodonnell.com, and that should keep you in the know. Okay. And the the links to the album and the the YouTube special will be on there. Okay. And the um, I just want people to know how to spell it. Is it two N's and two L's in O'Donnell? Two N's, two L's. There it is. O-D-O-N-N-E-L-L and Chase like the bank. Perfect. Well, folks, we're going to drop your checks now. Thank you so much for listening. If you want to help us out here at Service from Hell, we'd love to have you subscribe, rate, and or review the show wherever you listen. It will help us reach more people that need to be schooled on the art of being kind and will be catharsis for those of us working in the industry. If you want to get in touch with us here at Service from Hell directly, send us your receipts to servicefromhellpodcast at gmail.com. We love to hear from you. Remember, if you can't afford a tip, you can't afford to go out. So don't be garbage and be good to people. It's easier that way. Chase, thank you so much. This was so much time. You were such a lovely guest. Thank I'm so you. grateful. Thank you for. Yeah, that was so fun. You're reminiscing. Yeah, <laughs> my service drops. <laughs> I am floored at the the bush hiding, but I'm very I'm I'm impressed that that was your level of commitment. So well oh, done, yes. you. Yes, I mean we could do a whole hour on just my time peeing. Thank you folks so much for listening. That is going to be the end of part two of two with the lovely comic Chase O'Donnell, whose socials and everything you already got at the end of the, that episode. Thank you for, for listening and for tolerating all of the noise and the craziness. Uh, it was a very, very animated show. And of course, the cats that were wreaking havoc in front of me as I was recording that are now asleep because why wouldn't they be? Because that's just life. So uh, it's extremely quiet now. Hope you were able to tolerate it throughout that episode. I always think it's worse than it ends up actually being so thank you folks for being supportive of chase who was lovely and patient and dealt with the lack of professionalism like a true professional and yeah that's going to do it for us here at service from hell with the two-parter with the hilarious actor and comic chase o'donnell thank you folks so much for listening good night (laughs) 